Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Rochford, and welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we gather upon today and their continuing connection to land, sea and community. I pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders, both past and present. On today's podcast, we're going to be discussing electronic prescriptions. What are they and what can you do to prepare yourself for their implementation? To help me answer these questions, I will be joined by a panel of experts. Andrew Matthews, the Director of the Medicine Safety Program from the Australian Digital Health Agency. Dr. Peter Delafonte, who is a leading GP who has worked extensively in digital and population health. Amanda Sito, who is a pharmacy owner and practice support pharmacist. And Ajiro Pantelios, a practice manager and registered nurse. Thank you all for joining me. Let's get things started. Andrew, to begin, how is this different to what we have in place now? Oh, thanks very much, Dr. Rochford. Uh, yes, Andrew Matthews, the Director of Medicine Safety here. Um, so we're very excited about the work that's been progressed over the past two years. What the agency has been doing in partnership with the Department of Health is to develop the technical framework for electronic prescribing that guides software providers on how they need to build their software so that all of it works seamlessly together. From a prescriber perspective, from a pharmacy dispensing perspective, and from the way the electronic scripts are exchanged in the middle between doctors and pharmacists. So an electronic prescription has now legally recognised across all um, states and territories within the drugs and poisons legislation or equivalent in those states and territories. So that means that there's um, specific data elements that would, I suppose, what was formerly in a paper prescription are now recognised legally in an electronic prescription. So that is the main difference. And so what it means is that potentially there's a lot more flexibility about the way consumers can access their medicines into the future now that we have a purely electronic method that's recognised legally to provide access to medicine supply. So it's not just something that just kind of happened overnight. Lots been going on in the background. Peter, from a GP perspective, what does electronic prescribing look like for you and your patients? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, I, I guess the important thing is that, um, as Andrew has already alluded to, at the point of uh, prescribing, um, that doesn't change. You select your prescription. What changes is the way you deliver that prescription. Uh, as you know, currently we would use computer generated uh, a paper prescription and handwrite our signature on there. What this gives us is the option uh, to provide an electronic prescription. The key is it's the patient's choice as to which way they prefer to receive their prescription. Uh, and at the moment, that choice may be limited by uh, the number of pharmacies in the local vicinity or around where the patient lives who are able to electronically uh, dispense. So taking all those things into consideration, um, if a patient does choose to have an electronic prescription, I think the key thing is that um, certainly at a practice level, we make sure we have the, their correct 
uh, mobile phone number or uh, email to allow us to deliver that electronically, that prescription uh, to them. And, uh, and the important thing is that obviously uh, the smartphone that they do use does have a data plan because you'll need to uh, obviously have internet access as well. Amanda, can you explain from the point of view of a pharmacist what happens with the electronic prescription? Because I think it's really important to be able to visualise the process from one end to the, to the other. Yeah, sure, Andrew. I think, uh, as alluded to already, the biggest difference in uh, community pharmacy for the pharmacist is the absence of a physical copy of the prescription. So when pharmacists are presented with that QR code, um, the, they need to be able to scan the code, uh, be it from a printed copy of the QR code or from the patient's phone. So pharmacists, to be able to process electronic scripts, need to have the technological infrastructure set up to receive that code, be it uh, via SMS, email, or via through an app at the pharmacy or, or scanning the barcode. Also from a workflow perspective, there may not be anything to put in a traditional script basket. So pharmacies need to change their script in workflow and perhaps the use of software that can create a virtual queue system so the e-script doesn't get lost in the queue amongst the paper scripts in their baskets. And it's important to remember that paper scripts aren't actually going anywhere for quite some time. So pharmacies need to be able to manage both types of scripts within their workflow, along with their app orders and vaccination bookings, et cetera. Pharmacists also need to get used to a different landscape when processing and checking an electronic prescription. The dispensing process should be faster as all of the information will be populated into the software. However, when checking the e-script, the pharmacist must be in front of a computer screen so that they can view a copy of the script because, as I mentioned, the paper version does not exist. The software vendor demos that I have seen so far have been clever enough to render the prescriber's copy on the screen to look like a printed copy. And I quite like this as we as pharmacists are already familiar with the layout of a uh, printed script so we can find out details such as patient information, data prescribing, etc. We know where to look on the screen for it. Viewing the e-script on the screen will also allow the pharmacist to read any annotations that the prescriber may have made or if it's a repeat prescription annotations that a previous pharmacist may have made. Another change that we need to implement at the pharmacy is confirming how the patient wishes to receive repeats um, because once we dispense the electronic prescription, if there is a repeat, they don't get a paper copy back. It will be in the form of a token as well. So that could be via SMS or email or they might use a script management app or they may even just want a copy of the token printed out. And if SMS or email is preferred, then it's really important that we ensure that we have the correct details in our system. Um, even if, as Peter mentioned, they've already provided it to the GP, our software systems are different. So we've got to prevent that privacy breach from occurring and make sure we get those details right. So there's a few new steps in there. I really like the idea of the software providers making it visually look like something that's familiar. Is it an easy enough process to, to get used to, just like anything else? 
I believe so. The pharmacists that I've spoken to in the communities of interest in New South Wales have said that the dispensing process is quite easy to, to do. It's actually the script-in process that has been the biggest change for them. So educating their team members on how to take in a prescription and making sure that it doesn't get lost in the sea of other scripts that are coming in because there's nothing physical to, to pop into the queue. So for pharmacists, the dispensing has been actually easy easier. Well, it's good to hear. Andrew, why are we moving towards electronic prescriptions? I mean, the common sense pub rule would probably suggest that made sense, but, but why are we moving towards them? I think from a benefits point of view, Andrew, there's obviously reducing the administrative burden of, of storing and uh, handling paper prescriptions. Um, but from a medicine safety point of view, and this is referenced in the National Digital Health Strategy for Australia under the medicine safety program that I am responsible for, um, is that it does, ex we believe that it will increase medicine safety by reducing uh, transcribing errors associated with doctors writing a script and then the pharmacist transferring that information into their uh, clinical software manually. Uh, so we think there's an ab absolutely a medicine safety benefit. But I think the COVID-19 pandemic has demonstrated the, the significance of the potential for telehealth and uh, the options of, as Amanda's already touched on, the opportunity for, and, and Aguirre as well, the opportunity for doctors to prescribe remotely uh, to a patient who is self-isolating at home and they immediately get their electronic prescription on their phone or by email. Um, I think that opportunity in uh, telehealth services, especially within the, in a pandemic environment, is, is really important. I mean, it, it's been great that we have been able to um, implement electronic prescriptions within this environment, but it is a reflection that a lot of the foundational work had been done over the previous two years. We also think there's great opportunities for maintaining patient privacy and the integrity of their personal information. Peter, is that what you've recognised, the benefits um, for GPs also in association with telehealth during this pandemic? Yes, Andrew. Um, look, uh, Certainly transcription errors uh, uh, have been a uh, recurring problem and obviously uh, resulting in adverse events. And so clearly, if we can minimise uh, any transcription errors, uh, that always transcri transcribes into improved patient outcomes. Um, certainly, there's convenience uh, both uh, for the prescriber and obviously the patient, uh, as we've already alluded to. Um, I think the most important thing is that uh, in terms of the patients not being confused or having multiple scripts from different uh, medications that uh, may be dispensed in different pharmacies, and some pharmacies keep the prescription, some pharmacies give the prescription back to the patient. Uh, patient may have thinks they've run out because they've been to a chemist where they've run out on that old prescription, <laughs> but if they went to their uh, usual chemist, they may have the most up-to-date prescription. I think a lot of that confusion around um, keeping track of what's being prescribed and, and I think avoids a lot of duplication and certainly a lot of um, need for, for, for people like myself as a GP trying to sort out medications where patients are confused about what they should be on and what uh, they should be taking. Um, I think that provides another level, if you like, of benefit uh, across the system uh, in terms of avoiding uh, adverse events. Amanda, one of the transcribing errors 
uh, and something that I'm not necessarily going to admit to is that sometimes doctors' handwriting isn't the best. Um, that's only one of the many errors that can potentially be overcome through electronic prescribing. Do you see the same benefits that Peter and Andrew have, have discussed? Absolutely. I, um, I definitely echo Andrew's and Peter's sentiments around medicine safety. It's a big passion of mine. And I'm hoping that electronic scripts uh, will significantly reduce the incidence of um, wrong product selection by uh, the pharmacy during the dispensing process and definitely eliminate any ambiguity when interpreting handwritten scripts. Um, printed paper scripts have come a long way in that department, but I think eScripts just takes that safety up to another level. Uh, Ajiro, as a practice manager, do, do you see the benefits as well? Oh, definitely. Um, I've been in the pharmacy when a patient's come across um, from our clinic with their e-script. Definitely been uh, a great benefit to our patients. How have the patients responded, Ajiro? Is, is it positive feedback? Yeah, definitely positive feedback. Um, even from the doctors that are using it, uh, every little bit of information that they, new information that they learn um, helps their patients. So, the patients that do receive them electronically within the clinic have um, commented and said that they uh, really like it. But even patients that you speak to over the phone, oh, have you used the, the token? Oh, yes, I have used the token. It's amazing. I'm loving this system. So um, they're happy that they don't have to carry around scripts. Um, and as Peter said, there's less errors in the scripts as well. So... Um, Everyone, it's a win for everyone, really. Have you noticed that people have been surprised? Ajiro, I mean, you're saying that they're very positive about it, but do you think people's expectations of what this mystical electronic prescription actually is is very different from the simplicity of, of how it works? We dispensed the first prescription, uh, the e-script, within a couple of hours of actually being live with the software. And the patient was surprised, but at the same time was very receptive to it. Mm. Um, and she took her phone off to the pharmacy and um, the pharmacist dispensed the medication and it was sort of like a win-win for everybody. I mean, it's pleasing to know that people are finding it simple. Um, you know, that is obviously the test of any good software, um, but there is a lot of complexity. So I suppose the analogy that people have used is a little bit like the boarding pass that you can get as you're... Uh, getting onto a plane, although many of us obviously haven't been on a plane for a while in the current environment, but nevertheless, um, you know that concept of the boarding pass, you could, could you can print it out, um, and that's what you can do with a token as well. You can actually print the token. I know that seems a little bit silly that we've got an electronic prescription, um, but we can can print the token. But there is that option to be able to print it or present it electronically. I, I suppose the big difference between what goes on in the back end of the software um, and the legal requirements has been a lot of additional work. So it's very pleasing that what the doctors, the pharmacists and the consumers are seeing is that it's simple. But I just wanted to assure people that, that that's because there's been a lot of work done on the legalities of the actual prescription and also how the, the software works and all the privacy and security principles behind that. It's a really good analogy, Andrew, um, the boarding pass, because there are two pieces of all software. There's the front end and there's the back end. And the back end that you're talking about has taken a lot of time and a lot of 
hard work in many areas to create the sophisticated back end, the engine room. But it is such a great analogy of what the front end looks like for people, that simplicity of having something that can be scanned. Amanda, is the feedback you're getting as positive as, as everybody else is saying? Absolutely, Andrew. The pharmacists I've spoken with who've dispensed a few e-scripts um, have said that the response has been mostly positive and some even indifferent. It's such a seamless process for them that um, that they uh, they think it's just business as usual. And to be honest, I don't think pharmacy is going to see too much negativity about e-prescriptions because they've already made that decision to receive the e-script with their prescriber. I think the risk that pharmacies do uh, have is the risk of the patients having a negative experience with their e-scripts if at the pharmacy we don't get our systems in place. So that's why it's really important for pharmacists to get educated, learn about e-scripts and get their processes right for when the patients do start rolling up in bigger numbers with those tokens. Peter, I know you've been talking to your colleagues about the implementation uh, in the primary care setting, the general practice. What's the feedback been there and, and how has the implementation been going for them? Yeah, Andrew, I have spoken to a few of my colleagues uh, who, uh, as already alluded to, are very happy with the uh, our whole concept and the idea of electronic prescribing. And there hasn't been uh, any major, uh, from a process point of view, no major stumbling blocks. Um, from a, if you want to start at the technical end of things, obviously you need to have uh, your systems set up with uh, conformant software that's connected uh, with the identifier services and all that sort of thing. However, it's actually a not a lot of work there if you're already connected to My Health Record. So if your practice has already gone through that journey of connecting to My Health Record, uh, then a lot of that, you know, security certificates, NASH certificates, and linking your health provider identifier of the organisation and the individual clinicians, all of that's already happened. The key thing is that conformance software um, will need an upgrade to allow you to do electronic prescribing. So once that upgrade has occurred, and this is where the practice managers and the IT people go away and do their bit in the back uh, office, um, the, the newer version of the conformance software that allows electronic prescribing um, is, is does looks virtually identical, um, but with this extra functionality where patient preferences can be established as to whether they prefer uh, current uh, paper-based, computer-generated, and signature hand-signed uh, prescriptions, or they prefer the electronic prescribing. Other than that, probably the only the next level is really around education, and and really. Uh, I think that's probably the most important thing for GPs and clinicians and other practice staff to understand how this works and what it is and what it isn't. Important to get that understanding very clear so that you can make maximise the utility of this new way of prescribing. And certainly the agency has developed um, um, a lot of uh, learning modules, um, uh, frequently asked question sheets, and uh, there are even webinars where there's an opportunity for peer-to-peer -peer engagement. And understanding around what's going on. Uh, this is far easier and, and seamless. Ajira, what was implementation like at your practice? As um, Andrew stated before and Peter, um, there was a lot of stuff that we had to do in the background, so before this came up and running, and things like the NASH certificate, the PKI certificates, um, they were all in place 
to begin with because of all the other uh, systems that we've got running. Um, the one thing that we really had to do was we had to make sure that um, the software that we chose was upgraded and we had to make sure that our server could deal with the extra workflow. Um, once that was all up and running, um, we had to educate our staff. Um, so one of the key things that we started doing with the staff is just reminding them to check and validate all the patients that were coming in. And that's what they were doing at the beginning of each shift. Once we had started the training of staff, we could then sort of start implementing the um, patient education and making sure that um, they understood what was going on. We put up posters. Uh, we had placards that um, we had downloaded from the Digital Health um, Agency website. Um, we also had other advertising material delivered to us by them. And we were able to put that around the clinic to make sure that the patients understood what was going on. And, you know, asking the patient at the time of the consultation and making them aware too that this was available to them, the patients have the option. So if they want to receive one script as a paper script and maybe two other scripts as e-scripts, that's possible. And we had that just the other day where a patient said to the doctor, I'll have this script and this script as a token, but can I come and pick up this one because I want to take it somewhere else? And, you know, that was fine. The doctor um, did that and uh, the patient walked in and we had a bit of a chat about the e-tokens and he was very, very happy with the fact that he got both the token and a script and a paper script. So... Um, that was our experience so far. Andrew, from the point of view of the agency, what resources are available for practices to get themselves prepared, but also very importantly, to make sure their patients are prepared? There are a bunch of um, resources, over 66 different assets available uh, that are either electronic downloads, i.e. email banners or social media banners, um, or uh, print-on-demand resources, uh, DL flyers, A3 posters um, that doctors and pharmacies can put up in their practices and in their pharmacies um, to let people know that electronic prescriptions are coming. So at this stage, we are at the very early stages. We're still implementing through what we've called um, defined local areas called communities of interest. Um, so the, the assets have two phases, a get ready phase and a ready now phase. So if people want to access that information, uh, they are available for, uh, as I said, either download or a free print on demand through the agency, but you do need to source a uh, an access code and password from your peak body or from a P your local PHN uh, can provide that information. They have been given that, um, th that access. Is there any other advice that you would give to practices and, and, and pharmacists that are looking to get ready for implementation? Well, we've already we've got information on our website as well about that get ready and through the webinars and the e-learning that's available on our website. Also, the same things through the peak bodies. I know the RACGP um, has some e-learning material as well as the agency. Um, ACRAM has a range of information on their own website, as does the RACGP. So for both prescribers and dispensers uh, at the Guild level and at the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, there's um, been uh, numerous numbers of webinars that they've 
run, as well as the agency has run, uh, and a lot of those are now posted on their websites, or at least there's uh, other information um, about electronic prescriptions available through um, prescribers and dispensers' own peak bodies. Amanda, what advice could you offer to your fellow pharmacists about e-prescriptions? Um, so there are a few things that they need to look at before activating the e-prescription functionality in their dispense software. Um, and the first I would say is to look at your IT infrastructure. If you don't already have 3D scanners, get some. They aren't that expensive and e-prescriptions or not, they actually scan those uh, ERX barcodes much faster. So uh, the pharmacist that I've spoken with said that it already saves a couple of seconds per prescription. And when you're doing several hundred a day, that couple of extra seconds saved from the scanning process is well worth it. Thanks, Amanda. And thanks to all panel members for taking the time to discuss their experiences with electronic prescriptions. Further training on electronic prescriptions is available online at training.digitalhealth.gov.au. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can join us again next month.